Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Keely groaned as he finally did what she was desperate for and put his mouth on her pussy. He tongued her clit as if it were a cherry itself, stroking and playing with it. His hands stroked her thighs and bottom. He dipped into her passage and sucked out a cherry, chewing it with his strong white teeth. Delicious, he repeated that several times, reaching in with his fingers and teasing her as he pulled out the fruits. Keely writhed as the pressure in her vagina constantly shifted. Claire Rice, stop it this instant. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't read that one. And I know. you did. But see, the thing is, last week... I was so hungry for pie after reading the books. And this week, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, listeners, I just, I'm sorry, I have to break the bit. I have to break the flow. You did hear correctly. There is a sex scene where a man puts cherries inside of a woman's vagina and then eats them out. Yes. Mm. That is what I'm happens. no gynecologist, but that sounds like a bad idea to me. It is a horrible idea. It is. I can't like. Look, I think we have said this on the podcast before that food and sex play are fine, but they don't belong near your pussy. No, <laughs> that is a sterile area. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe other than ice, maybe. Look, um if it's been through the Brita. Look, if 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 guy wants to douche you out afterwards uh to be helpful or like take you to a doctor <laughs> in a week when you're raging um you know, urinary tract infection and yeast infection is bubbling and gurgling out of you, fine, oh. I guess. <laughs> Claire Rice, what are you doing? Look, it's, Why? It's important. Why? Do not stick cherries up your hoo-ha. <laughs> Don't put cherries in your vagin. And these aren't just cherries. It's very important to note. Like, it's not like we're talking about a cucumber that's still got its skin on. These cherries have been cooked and made into a pie. So they are all sugary. <gasps> like... Oh, I thought they were raw cherries. No, no, no. Yeah. They are no, gushy, gushy they are. Ch sugar cherries. These are pie cherries that he no. did No. No. Yeah, no. This is, it, it gets, it, that is worse. Like, there is a part of me that's like, okay, cherry up, cherry out, fine, whatever. I guess we'll deal and we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. But no, full on pie cherries? Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you, listeners. That's it for us. Okay, bye. <laughs> no, Neil, we cannot quit on the 99th episode. 99? Yay! Okay. Well, oh, okay. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. And our new favorite game, What Not to Put in Your Hoo-Ha. <laughs> Uh, all the spoilers. <laughs> all the spoilers. So many spoilers. So so many spoilers. They'll spoil your vajayjay. So if you are intrigued by this sex scene, 
pause pause this. We'll still we'll we'll be here. No, Go yeah. by the book, come back, and then you can hear all the other stuff that happened. I mean, spoiler, spoiler, half of that half of the things in that book I actually really loved, and half of the things in that book I did not it's at like all. Exactly half. Exactly <laughs> half. <laughs> it was fifty percent a good book. Not that fifty percent of the book was good. It was a book that was 50% good. 50% of the things in this. Anyway, Claire, you picked these books. You have I done did. this to us. I what did, did we you. read? Well, this time we read Count on You, a lesbian romance by Sienna Waters and Sex by the Numbers by Marie Donovan. And what was the theme? Oh, the theme was accountants. Because <laughs> nothing says sexy like balancing them spreadsheets <laughs> i think our very own christine will be excited to find out that one of these books does in fact feature forensic accounting i am very excited to hear that yes <laughs> not only is she a forensic accountant she is five foot eleven and three quarters get out of town is this based on me did somebody write a book about me i hope it's sexy well, i hope it's i nothing I, involves I, fruit with this character i'm a i i'm afraid to ask christine have you had pie cherries inside your hoo-ha not yet and not anywhere anytime in the future no nope. then, <laughs> then this book is not based on you Seth. Okay. <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> i was so excited i mean we're getting ahead of ourselves but literally in the first chapter when i when five foot eleven and three quarters and forensic accounting were both mentioned i was like christine and then it was all kind of downhill from there anyway before we actually talk about these books we are all if we got some sunday chaos energy going on here yes, okay we do um claire yes what has got you hot and bothered uh okay so i have been dipping into the korean dramas on netflix Ooh. and uh last weekend i got really into alchemy of souls which is a romance and it is a fantasy and i'm a digging it i love it so much um one of the best parts about this is uh it is the love interest the young woman is like a former assassin who who on the verge of death did the alchemy of souls and switched her soul with another young woman and then her body died so now she's stuck in this other young woman's body but like it's this like weaker body so she's used to being able to do all these kicks and punches and like pull-ups and whatever and she can't so there's a little bit of comedy when she like tries to escape a thing and she's like what is wrong with this weak body <laughs> i love it it was super hilarious and then her love interest is a young man who should be a mage by now but she has to help train up because he figures out who she actually is and is like i need you to train me so that i can be a badass and then i will help you uh re regain all your powers and so it is great it is super great. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I read ahead to what's happening. There's heartbreak, but I'm excited still. I I didn't realize until just now how much I love the idea of someone, like a trained whatever, being inside another body that's not trained for that. And they're like, why can't I? What? Uh. 
Oh, like it felt so good, honestly, to watch that because you see so many people just like automatically go into like cool martial arts and sword play and just be able to do cool shit. And you're like, how is this girl doing that? And so the, it's kind of great because she's she's in this body of like a peasant and she's being sold to a brothel and so she wants to escape the boat that's taking her to the brothel so she jumps up on this bridge to to pull up and like escape the boat and then she just gets stuck hanging on the bridge because her arms won't let her pull up because she's a peasant she's undernourished yeah and she has to ask the dude to come back and get her (laughs) (laughs) and that was it was it was honestly very funny, and I kind of enjoyed it. Anyway, I had a really good time. Good. Uh, yeah. So, like, and I'm I'm hot for it. So, Alchemy of Souls, everybody. Great. I love it. Neil. Yes. We'll just get you hot and bothered. Okay. I went on an emotional roller coaster earlier this week. And this one is for everyone who's like... I know, probably like 34 to maybe 45. Okay. So we all remember in the late 80s, early 90s, when McDonald's came out with those trick-or-treat buckets. Uh Uh-huh. And they were absolutely everywhere. Yeah. For those who don't know, there were three. There was uh, an orange angry pumpkin, a green smiley witch, and a white silly ghost Mm -hmm. and they were every absolutely everywhere and if i remember correctly the happy meal like when you ordered the happy meal it came in one of the buckets yep and then you saved the bucket to go trick-or-treating in yep and they were amazing and wonderful and (laughs) that's all we saw for like 10 years yeah so it was announced that mcdonald's is re-releasing them Oh my goodness. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. But no, 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 no. They have been updated for 2023. Oh, what does that mean? So now there are four of them. There's an orange pumpkin, a purple vampire, a white mummy, and a green Frankenstein's monster that now look basically like emojis. And I'm going to put a picture in the chat for my fellow podcasters to see. And I'm just like... Because podcasting is a visual medium. Yes. <laughs> but I just... Uh, why? Just just bring back the original ones. Yeah. These look fine. Yeah. And then for reference here, I'm going to show you... Why does you, the mummy have to have hearts in his eyes? I don't this know. Is, this is from me, who loves, one, the movie The Mummy, and also loves romance, because I have a podcast about it. I don't know why he has... Like, none of the other ones have hearts in their eyes. No. So I sent another link. That's to the original. Right. Those originals are fine and kind of do look like emoji-ish, to be fair. But also look like carved pumpkins. Right. But then also like the witch one, it was pointy, so it looked like a little witch's hat. Yeah. And it's just, it. see, it was just like, one of them was scary, one of them was smiley, and one of them was spoopy. And you're like, okay, what am I feeling is Halloween? Whereas this one, it's like, they all, the new ones all look like they're falling or that they just dropped something. Yeah, they all they all look very goofy. 
I don't know. Did somebody along the way was like, well, we don't want to scare children on this, the scariest of holidays. I know. They all look very worried and I do not trust them to hold my candy. And that's, that's the, that's the, the heart of the matter. Yeah. I don't trust them to hold my candy. It does seem like the the candy will just fall off. Fall off. So I will, (laughs) I have decided to not support mcdonald's in this endeavor by continuing to not eat at mcdonald's <laughs> a thing i have not done in oh god at least seven years <laughs> much less probably gotten a happy meal <laughs> yeah right <laughs> god anyway so i just here's the thing it's like to me it's like a um like a like a Disney reboot where they're trying to be everything for everyone. It's like they're banking on the nostalgia, but then they're trying to appeal to kids now. And it's just like, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, I'm not like super duper on board. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, uh, hold on. No, okay. No, I was going to say, because I, uh, last year, they also came back apparently last year, but the lids were weird. Oh, like they weren't actual lids. They were just there. There were no lids. Uh, I don't think there are this year either. They're just little clip on things on the handles. Oh, (gasps) nope. You need lids. Nope. Anyway, this has been very interesting for our readers, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But just I mean, listeners, just if you if you remember those um those uh those things just just google 2023 mcdonald's how trick-or-treat buckets or something and and you'll see what we're talking about goodness, also goodness. the way that the way that they're set up in this photo shoot the mummy looks horny as fuck for frankenstein's monster Which and I'm frankenstein's like- monster is on top of and a little bit inside of the mummy and the, <laughs> the monster looks concerned about that and that like- that is true yeah, like the monster's accidentally having sex with the mummy. <laughs> yeah, he, he fell into the mummy and dropped all my candy. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a lid. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a lid. Anyway, should we talk about some books? Let's talk about some books. <laughs> Count on You, a lesbian romance by Sienna Waters. Love isn't an option, but Cupid isn't listening. Under investigation for a fake harassment claim, Carson Maxwell washes up in Hartley, the tiniest town in the world, for one last-ditch attempt to save the career she loves. But when she meets dedicated nurse Katie Robinson, it begins to dawn on Carson that keeping her company's strict no-fraternization rule might not be as easy as she thinks. Katie loves her town and is fiercely protective of the clinic that Carson is under uh, instruction to close. And she's not above using her charms to persuade the strangely attractive accountant that the clinic is worth saving. When When the country mouse and the city mouse clash, the last thing they expect is to fall for each other. Too bad that everyone else in town thinks that they're the perfect match. Count on You is a new standalone lesbian romance from Sienna Waters, the best-selling author of The Wrong Date, Quiet Life, and Tea Leaves and Tourniquets. Oh. Ah. 
We read well, that. We just read that, actually. That that's that's, that's why, why her name was familiar. That's why. Oh this- my god, I feel like an ass. <laughs> I swear to God, I double checked and I was like, no, we haven't read any of these books. <laughs> wait i'm I'm trying to i'm such a dip i i'm the one who suggested we oh no oh no okay wait which one was i'm trying to remember he leaves in tourniquets was the one that's just like this book where she goes to a small town on like that was the one where we kept talking about like does this woman know anything about like hospitals or clinics or whatever yes (laughs) and that book was also slow oh my god i can't believe i did this okay (laughs) i just want to shout out to sienna waters really very quickly i am very sorry that um that we are doing because we've done we've done like an author redo before i i am very sorry to like be hitting on you twice so close like this like that's not actually kind to you in a lot of ways and i i do apologize for that um but girl you wrote the same book twice (laughs) (laughs) it's true Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. And then the 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 godmother who runs the shop is basically the doctor at the clinic. Yeah. Like, oh god. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um Revelations. So so just FYI, if Sienna Waters runs across our podcast, because she might since we're saying her name so many times, like just FYI, we didn't do this on purpose. I'm just an idiot. And and you can take that to heart as if you stay to listen to this review. I'm an idiot. All right. <laughs> Let's proceed. Carl, okay. I'm so sorry. Now I feel like she's watching us right now. And I'm like, Ugh. No, okay. let's go for it. We, we told her. Turn it off, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go no further, Sienna Waters. <laughs> okay. Okay, everyone. Now we're going to talk about Sienna Waters. <laughs> okay. So the premise of this book, great. Um, uh, Carson is a uh, auditor for uh, this big, you know, company where they they basically will like acquire businesses and send her out to see if these businesses are making money or not and what they should do with these businesses. Um, she recently got back from New Mexico, right? She was in New Mexico. She did. And this is um, one of the funny things when she steps out into like the tiny town She's like, oh, my God, I've just never seen so much sky. And I was like, one, that's kind of crazy because you're in a kind of mountainous region. Like she's at the bottom of a valley of a mountainous region in this tiny town. There's a lake and then there's mountains that you go up into and the temperature drops. So this must be like high mountains. Um, (laughs) But you just came back from New Mexico, which is famous for how big the sky is like (laughs) i mean it's not like big sky you know in wyoming or whatever but uh you see a shit ton of sky in new mexico if there's 
If there's anything we've learned, it's that sometimes Sierra Waters talks about things that she doesn't know about. I mean, uh, she. I, I think she just must have had New Mexico on the brain, honestly. Like, because it's just, it's very big there. Anyway. <laughs> the sky there. It's very big. Good for Sierra Waters, though, because she actually named a real place in the book. It is the last time she names a real place. Other than that, yeah, we are back the, to saying big city, small town. The, the place where she was uh has a name the place where she lives and the place where she goes to uh, nothing no nothing no names. um okay so uh carson just got back from new mexico where she was doing her job and basically some dirty old man they were alone in a conference room going over the books and he like put his hand up her skirt and she was like uh no and he's like, oh, oh, sorry, I mis- I misread some signals. Don't worry about it. Okay. Just like, okay, great. She gets back to her, her high-powered job, and they're like, well, the client in New Mexico said that you were trying to fraternize with him, and that is frowned upon. And she's like, okay, what do I do? And I was like, oh. And then she has a... <laughs> conversation with Nichelle who is her friend that she doesn't realize is her friend um, she is her co-worker and sort of like competition in the the company Nichelle was great actually I really liked her <laughs> oh she was great I just kept expecting her to actually be a bad person because she kept giving her like she was like you know what you should go to this look everything sucks here just get the hell out of Dodge go to this tiny town it's like kind of a vacation because you know we're gonna close that place down anyway so just go there and so she goes and then Michelle calls her later and is like oh girl I give you real bad advice <laughs> <laughs> you should not have in fact gone for several very good reasons <laughs> yeah 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 um, by the end of the book I was like I wish this book had been about Michelle and Donna but that's just yeah. me anyway um, so and then I did really appreciate this moment that um, Nichelle's like, okay, so I done heard that you like fraternized with this dirty old man. And Carson's like, no, of course I didn't. And Nichelle's like, yeah, and you didn't fight it because you don't want to be seen as being a difficult woman. And so they have this whole conversation of like, even though it was um, not her fault at all, if she tries to argue it like she she won't be seen as a victim in this male-dominated field she'll be seen as a woman who's being difficult and so every woman we talk to at this company agrees like it's really shitty but that's kind of how things work and like i understand what you're going through and i really appreciated that moment because that felt very genuine it also made me like i was reading it on the bus i was like oh god everything's terrible Um, so I appreciated that. So basically, Nichelle is like, so, um, oh, and Carson loves the fact that she travels so much for her job. And she basically is, she calls it being grounded, which is not true. Anyway, so she basically is like stuck in the office until this HR investigation to the sexual harassment claim gets resolved. And Nichelle's like, hey, listen, so I have this idea. Um, there's this gig at a tiny little town in the bumfuck nowhere nobody wants to take it you should take it because you'll get to 
go somewhere. It'll be easy for you. And then also you won't be around for people to like gossip about you and stuff. And by the time you get back, like everyone will have forgotten. Yeah. And and Carson's like, yeah, I guess that's a good idea. And Michelle's like, good, because I already told him you were going. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I thought I, too, was like, oh, she's setting her up. Because then also Michelle's like, oh, and I told them that everyone who works at this clinic that you're auditing is, uh, all the staff is female. So you won't get into any trouble. Wink. Wink. Because Michelle knows that uh, Carson is lesbian. Yeah. So Carson's like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do it. She goes to this town that you basically have to fly in or drive like a hundred miles out of your way from anywhere to get to. Yeah. And then to towns like that, I would drive in. Like flying in is the dumbest thing. Fucking drive. Get get in a car. (laughs) Drive there. (laughs) I've I've been to those towns. You, if you need to get out, you have to wait for a plane. No. Rent a car. It's a business expense. It's fine. Oh, well, no, we have to have the plane because then we have of the like three things that happen. One of them involves the plane. So it's I totally I get fine. it. I totally get it. Okay. So cut to Hartley in state or province because I'm fairly certain uh, this writer is not American. Um, and is writing about America. And I was like, is this in Canada? Like, what is happening? And then, like, she was just in New Mexico. There's another gig in, like, South Carolina or something. It's like, so where is she supposed to be? I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. Well, um, and she referred to mosquitoes as mozzies. Yeah. Which I just haven't heard. I haven't heard Americans refer to Americans them that way say before. That. There's, I'm pretty sure mobile was said for, like, a, a phone. Um... I think somebody said, like, oh, at university. I don't know. Anyway. So then we get we cut to the small town Hartley, where Katie is a nurse at the clinic. Because it's exactly like the other book. Um, God. Yes. <laughs> um, and the doctor there is Dr. Donna, who is amazing. I love her so much. Like, she's sassy she's she's queer too right she is queer yeah she's um i think she doesn't say pan but she she does like she doesn't fall in love with genitals she falls in love with the person yes yeah yeah yeah. so she's great we love her and then i enjoy like i enjoyed the people in this tiny town like i forget her name the the lady that owned the diner um Rob, the pilot, he was very nice. Uh, and then there was Paul, the cop, who basically was like, well, I'm the only cop, so I can do whatever fuck I want. I don't believe in due process. But it was, like, supposed to be funny. And I'm like, okay, we'll not, we'll not think about that too much. Um, so we get to this, we're in this tiny town, and Katie is prepping to take the test to apply to med schools and Donna has been like helping her study and stuff and it's pretty apparent and it like is part of Katie's emotional journey that she's like she's definitely ready to do this and she vaguely wants to do this at some point in a vague future but she's like not ready for it right now yeah um so then oh god okay so then we we hear like oh yeah uh by the way donna's saying to katie oh yeah by the way the clinic got bought by some company i don't know 
And then we find out, oh, it's going to be Carson who's going to be auditing the clinic and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, this is great. I enjoy this premise. Like it. And then... So then Carson shows up. <laughs> and then a few things happen. And she gets lent a truck. And then she hits Dr. Donna with a truck. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, she's backing up into, like, the space. And she just, like hits her <laughs> in this enormous like rickety old lamb boat and it was it was an accident and like donna broke her leg so like she t- turned out to be fine but then they took the premise a step further so on top of the forced proximity because uh carson needs to audit the clinic but she she basically was like oh i like to pick up files and take them home and do whatever whatever um but now she gets sort of harangued into playing receptionist. Yeah. While Katie plays doctor, not plays doctor, but acts as the medical health professional while Donna is recuperating. And so there's one point where like, um, Katie is like, Oh, um, Carson, I need you. And Carson's like, but my spreadsheets. And so she walks away and walks behind a counter. And then there's this guy who has this like, dis- like huge, like boil or something on his leg. I forget what the situation was. It's absolutely disgusting. And Katie's like, call Donna. My hands are covered in pus. Tell her this and this and this. And Carson's like, um, which was something I appreciated more than the other book in that, like in that other book, we like the love interest was the doctor and, the the secretary was also another temporary help secretary person. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but what I appreciated about this so much is how much Carson does not want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> not she, even a little bit. She is grossed out by all of these things. She does not like people. And I love that about her. Like, I love that she was every new person that came in. Like, she just, like, shivers up her spine. She's like, I have to interact with somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, girl, same. And it was so lovely and funny. And, I mean, that I really dug. And, I mean, like... I, I'm not a big, especially since that song came out about, you know, you know, say do that in a small town or whatever. Like, I really it's a it's a country song that I really wouldn't did. know. Anyway. Um, oh, try that in a small town is what it's called. It, it had it, big news over the summer because it was vaguely racist, if not outvertly dog whistles. Um, oh, cute. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that was annoying about that song is like the same thing is like it's always better in a small town and we we stand up for our own or whatever. And it's like, no, nah, I have watched a lot of murder mysteries that take place <laughs> in small towns. <laughs> Cabot Cove has an enormously high murder per capita rate. <laughs> Indeed. So like the small town charm, you have to really charm me with it. And this town didn't wasn't charming to me like i mean i liked i liked all the people that we met i thought they were all funny but like i never was charmed by the town itself especially because their main charm of the town was like we're a community and we protect our own and we gossip like like hell like the dickens that's the two things we do and i was like i don't know i need more like i need more like magical town where it's like and look and here's like the wonderful hairdresser and here's like like 
why is this cute? It just, we were just told it was cute over and over again. Yeah, I, I agree. I did feel though that like this, the, the small town was built in such a way that like the things that, um, were annoying to Carson were endearing to Katie. Mm-hmm. So like Katie liked the sense of community, whereas Carson found it smothering. Yeah. And so that that created good tension because of course of course they like start fooling around and they're like, Oh, but where are we gonna end up? Because neither of us like Carson's like, I want to live in the city, but Katie wants to live here. And so that was that I I agree that I could have seen more of the town. But I, I think that it served, I mean, it did what it needed to do narratively. I, I agree. But I just felt like if we were going to like lean that hard on the country mouse, city mouse thing, uh, I would really have liked to have like been sold on why this town was better. That's and true. I, I, for me, really wasn't. I wasn't sold on this town being better. Um, and at some point in the book, Carson sort of does a 180 and like before she's kind of sardonically making fun of the town saying, okay, this town is so perfect with a capital P, but what is the real like horrors behind it? Which gets her into trouble. Cause everybody's like, why is she trying to dig into our horrors? <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then they were like, well, there's the, well, we don't talk about that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're making it up. Like right away. I'm like, oh, they're making it up. They're just messing with her. And, and that turned out to be true. And, and I wish, Either more had been done with that or less had been done with that because it turned out to be not terribly important. Yeah, agreed. I I would have and I would have enjoyed the reveal more. I would have enjoyed that, like having anything to do with their romance, which it didn't have anything to do with their romance, really. Mm So, yeah, so that just it didn't it just didn't quite play for me. But because she does a 180, like halfway like halfway through the book where she's suddenly like no this town is perfect and i do love it and i'm like why like you don't like being disturbed you like having more food choices than one and you don't like nature i'm not really sure why you like the town other than you've fallen in love with this girl other than you want to fuck this girl i will say though she doesn't like nature but when katie takes her out on that walk to the vista and then they just like uh, Carson just like pushes her up against a tree and starts making out with her. That was a fun scene. Oh, that was a great scene. Yeah, no. Was oh, great. Okay, so then Carson is left with basically she's like I can recommend to keep this clinic open, but it's not making it's not making us any money. It's losing money. So even if I recommend to keep it open, another auditor will come at like the end of the fiscal year and they all decide to close it. So I'm really just delaying the inevitable by a few months. Also my reputation is on the line. Like if I make the wrong call, especially with what's going on back in the office, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I agree with this, but then this thing happens. This paragraph confused me so much as for doing the right thing. It was important that Schuler and Mason, which is the company covered their asses and didn't leave themselves open to being sued by someone who found out that actually the company's own auditor had recommended keeping the clinic open. It's like sued them for what? Yeah. I I don't know what that means. That felt possible. Like I wasn't too taken out of it, but like it felt like, it felt like at some point the author was told like, Oh, we need to shore this up. 
Like, yeah. it's like it wasn't big enough. Like, it just, it didn't cohese somehow, so there needed to be, like, an upping of the stakes. Um, I mean, because one thing yeah. I really thought, like, despite so many of the, like, <laughs> the medical stuff feeling not real at all in the last book, in this book, I thought a lot of that was glossed over in a way that it was like, no, now I feel it feels real. Like, yeah. Except, and, of course, just like the other book, the like solutions felt so obvious to me from the very beginning that nobody even brought up, which is like one, like sell the clinic off to one of these chain clinic things. I'm sure they'll want to buy it because then they'll have a monopoly on this small town or two. Like, surely the the company can get like government subsidies to help keep this clinic open because it is it is a an isolated community that needs health care. Like if this clinic closes the best they can hope for is that like somebody has the name of the helicopter, like the medevac people to like haul people out for, or they have to drive like, I don't know, probably 200 miles to, to see a doctor. So like surely they get like a tax write off or like government subsidies or something to keep this clinic open. Right. Surely like all the things you're mentioning are things that Carson could have said, like, and even if it like the, the company didn't want to do it because we want to make them like just an evil overlord company, which on board with whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, like these are all things Carson could have suggested as the auditor, which I th- like a high price, like big deal auditor, I think would have worked um, and would have made total sense to me. Because one of the things that did make sense to me was that this company was bought as part of like a larger package that this investment firm bought, like this investment firm just bought up a whole lot of like properties and like different things and was like now having to like, now looking at like all the shit that they got in the bag and is like, well, this is probably gonna go. And so they don't care about it one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I thought that feels really fucking realistic. (laughs) Yeah, 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 That, that was good. And yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah, now I'm on board. Like there was, so, I mean, and I think that that's like a, a notch up from the last book on yeah. this particular one as far as like like it almost made it feel like this was a draft two of the last book <laughs> oh god sorry okay so i'm gonna say one more plot thing and that's basically all that happens and then we'll like actually touch on the romance i guess um there's one point where rob the pilot uh there's a there's a mechanical error and the plane crashes and they have they have to rescue rob the pilot and an 11 year old child from the plane that yeah. crashed into the lake. Super scary. It was scary. I was like, oh, no, because also Carson's like looking around. It's like there's something that's missing. And they'd established that like the kid was hanging out with the pilot because his dad had passed and his mom was at work. And, you know, capitalism is shitty. So she doesn't she can't afford health care. She can't take time off of work to watch her kid, whatever, whatever. So the pilot's been watching the kid and Carson's like. There's something, something's like niggling at the back of my conscience. Like I, what is happening? Oh, the kid. And she like dives into the plane wreckage in the lake and like pulls the kid out. And there was a moment that like the kid was unconscious and we're like, ah, and then the chapter ended with the kid waking up and then like throwing up lake water all over her shoes. I I was like, okay, that was a perfect way to cut that tension because the kid is fine. And then also now we get to laugh and we can breathe again. And honestly, the scene was good because going into it, I had a feeling it was like, I think, is that kid on the airplane? Yes. Because the kid was the first like patient we meet in the Mm -hmm. clinic. And 
And the first thing that happens is Rob says, why don't you just come on the plane with me? And the kid's super excited. And we catch up with them and like, oh, the kid's really enjoying it. He's like the first mate. Like this is all like a a D plot, like way in the background that we just every once in a while, like that beautifully colors the city, like the, this little tiny town mm-hmm. that I wish other things did like, like <laughs> i mean it was so much so that i was like is rob a love interest in another one but i i know he's not but like it was just like it was really interesting and like when the plane went down it was like the kid is the whole thing like even when the plane was crashing at that moment um our main characters are carson and katie are kind of in the midst of a breakup Mm-hmm. And and so the, the like Carson's like I'm gonna leave and Katie's hearing that and her heart is breaking and she's upset by it. She's watching this all happen and then she's also watching the plane start to crash, and she knows it's gonna happen and she's her 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 attention shifts to the crashing plane even as her heart is breaking, and I'm like, this is good, and I was like yeah. into it. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of like three things that happens. This is a very slow book. Um, <laughs> so the romance. Um, Carson shows up. Uh, Katie's like a, a new a new hot lady. Let's hit on her immediately without knowing who she is. And you Carson is I'm all for it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, Katie. yeah, yeah. And Carson's <laughs> like that very hot lady hit on me, but I'm he, I'm on this particular assignment specifically for supposedly breaking a fraternization rule so i should not have sex with this lady even though i really want to so then there's some pining and blah 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 they make out against a tree they hook up it's 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 fine um and then they sort of like come to terms with like the audit finishes and they comes to terms with like, oh, we want different things. We don't know what we want, et cetera, et cetera. And then Carson leaves at 70%. And I'm like, there's 30% of this book left. Cause usually when somebody leaves, there's like 10% left and you know, they're going to get home and then turn right back around right, immediately right, right. or something. Blah, blah, blah. But no. And then I, I actually really enjoyed this that then Carson um, went back to work and like she had the meeting with HR and they're like and and the whole time she's like oh yeah some like disgusting old man from HR which I don't know I don't know I'm sorry speaking statistics and from what I've observed I have never been to a company where there's a single male HR employee but what do I know? Um, yeah. no, anyway, the one time, the one time it was like I interviewed at a company and I was so shocked. I was like, oh, this HR person is a dude. <laughs> and then he goes, and I'm very sorry. And he's like, oh, my God, you're in theater. And I was like, oh, he's a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains it. That explains it. <laughs> Not to say that that's how things should be, but because of the patriarchy, that's how things have shaken out. That like even at patriarchy. big important companies, nine times out of ten, women are only relegated to like quote feminine positions like HR, which is taking care of people as a job. Anyway, so she meets with this new HR person, who's this young woman, who's basically like. Yeah, so the charges have been dropped. We sort of figured out what was going on. And, like, I totally get why you didn't say anything. And, like, we're working to change that. If you if you feel in, if you feel 
um, up to it. Like, please, we're always happy to listen about how we can improve these policies. We're getting rid of the no fraternization rule. Like, honestly, as long as it doesn't affect business, so there's no preferential treatment, we honestly do not care what two consenting adults do off the clock kind of thing. So, and then Nichelle's like, welcome back, girl. You're amazing. I look up to you. We're actually friends this whole time. You didn't even know it. Um, and so then, like, Carson has everything she wants. And then she almost immediately is like, I don't want any of this anymore. And I wish I wish that had taken a bit longer. And there was also this bit where um, they, she and Nichelle talk about, like, how rich Carson is. And I wish that that had been a stronger thread throughout um throughout the yeah. book because there's a point where she's you know she's in her designer clothes which is like sure an easy way to show that somebody is rich but not really that's like an easy way to show but to show that somebody spends money on clothes but also like her there was nothing about her attitude that suggested that she was rich no. or like her assumptions about anything no I mean, and there's I, a point I feel like that shows what people care about oh i'm sorry go ahead i interrupted you no no no, no. go ahead i mean, early on in the book it says uh, like it says like she's why does she like the job and she's thinking to herself why she likes this job and she's like well I really like being busy all the time I like how busy this job keeps me I, I find the work energetic and fun and that's great and honestly it pays me a ton of money and I like everything that that money gives me <laughs> like and I was like oh that's great and I was like okay now show me that like yeah, show me any of the things and it's like and then why would you like this small town, which doesn't, again, doesn't have any of those things. Like, I wish she was like, God, this food is probably going to taste awful because it's, you know, it was brought in by plane 10 days ago. Nothing is like fresh because it I, can't be. And then she I eats only it. eat at celebrity chef restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then she eats yeah. it and is surprised by how good and fresh it is. And somebody says, oh, yeah, no, there's a bunch of farms and all of this is farm to table. And she's like, oh, well, how very fancy. It's so funny that it's so cheap, you know, like things like that. Yeah. There's a bit too, like, I think towards the very beginning, it, she's wearing, I don't think it's Louboutin, but she's wearing some kind of very fancy shoe. And then she, like, lands in the lake and is like, oh, this isn't going to work. And Rob gives her some boots. So then I would have loved to see the scene where she, like, has, because Rob goes around the town and is like, oh, I'm doing an order tomorrow. What does everybody need? If she'd ordered some, like, fucking Louis Vuitton hiking boots that don't, that are really just for, style not substance kind of thing it just it just it and i think that also could have been like a really good conflict between her and katie not of like oh i hate you because you're rich or whatever whatever but just sort of like they don't they they can't connect because of the fact that you know katie is a product of the foster system so she doesn't come from money she doesn't have money she's worked hard she's in this tiny town where she, it sounds like she works like six days a week or whatever. Um, and it just, it would have been nice to have seen that conflict. I it, yeah. Like narratively, it's a conflict. It wouldn't have been conflict between the two of them, but that just sort of that playing out of, of how being rich colored Carson's expectations. Yeah. I think. Uh, a simple also, sorry, Rolf. Yes, there was, when she first goes to the diner she orders a cup of coffee to go and it's a buck 50 and she's like a buck 50 what is this 1953 and i'm like i'm sorry if they are flying in that coffee it is not a buck 50 yeah no i 
that was exactly my point. I was just going to say, like, there's a whole lot around that because they make such a big deal of it. Mm -hmm. As far as building character goes, what I think could have been interesting instead of like her being all like a buck fifty. What kind of place is this? Because one at Starbucks, uh, a small black coffee is two fifty, which is only a dollar more than a buck fifty. Claire, you're but, so good at math. But I know, right? But here's the <laughs> other thing: um, <laughs> uh, if you're really rich, like if you're truly rich and you're just getting your coffee out all the time, you're paying by card. You don't fucking know. Yeah, you, you don't know anymore. Like some, you you're paying an accountant to like add all that up for you if they really want to, and like give you a report if you want. You don't know how much that coffee costs anymore. I thought it. I thought when the lady said a buck fifty, where I thought we were going was she was going to like pull out her card and the lady go, uh, "We don't take card for anything less than ten dollars." <laughs> Like you got to pay in cash for this. She's like, I do not have cash. <laughs> and then for her, and then for her to just say, "Oh, it's fine. Charge me the ten dollars." Right. Because if you're rich, then just like sure, whatever. And yeah, so I, then, like, like, I just need this fucking coffee. Yeah. So then, like every day, she pays ten dollars for a cup of coffee because that's more convenient to her than getting cash. And she refuses to eat the food because she thinks this small town food is going to be gross. Yeah. Anyway, would have been interesting, but it was fine the way. Like it was fine the way it was. It was fine. Whatever. The way it was. It was but fine. this is just like how to build character through right. action. So getting back to this thirty percent after Carson left. Also, sorry, really fast. There's a point where Katie calls Carson Carr as like, oh, because it's cutesy and it's a cute abbreviation. I'm like, please do not call another person Carr. I what? Anyway, um. So then, while Carson's going through this, then Donna psychoanalyzes Katie and convinces her to, like, sign up to take this entrance exam. And she's like, that's not committing to anything. Like, if you, even if you pass the, the exam, that doesn't mean you're, like, going to med school tomorrow. It's not a commitment, but it's a step, and you should just do it. So then Katie goes and takes the exam, and then and then this is when we learn that every character in the book is white because she talks to um to to some guy, and he's described as being Asian. Yep. So that was fun. Um, I was like, so oh, then she, I didn't need that here because I think I was diversifying in my head for the author. Right. Uh, anyway, um. Also, whenever I hear the name Nichelle, I just think of Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek. So whenever somebody's named Nichelle, I just picture her, like, and her Ohura costume and everything, just, like, <laughs> hanging out at, at the finance firm or whatever. Anyway, so then I appreciated that they parted ways, and then they both took steps. They both made choices in the absence of the other person that put them in a position to realize what they actually wanted. So then they like come back together. Carson quits her job and then she like buys an old pickup and she drives into Hartley and she's basically like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell Katie that I want to stay with her and I've fucked up and it's probably too soon. So I don't know if she's still, if she'll say yes, but if she says no, then I have this truck and I'm just going to go, to another town like Hartley and I'm going to sort of figure things out. Um, and th there was a line that Katie, Katie's like, Oh my God, did you do this for me? 
And Carson's like, no, I did this for myself, but I did it because of you. And I really appreciated that sentiment. I, too. I, I was too. like, I but really then of nice. course, of course it works out. Of course they are together. But I, I did appreciate that Carson's like, I know my next step is, is uh, trying to convince Katie to like, let me stay in, in Hartley with her. And if that doesn't work out, then I'll figure something out because I'm, I for myself, I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm like, good for you, girl. Just like, get it. Um, so then they, um, figure it out. Um, Katie gets into med school and I don't know. Oh, that's right. Katie gets into med school. So she goes and like stays at the school during the week and then flies back into Hartley, uh, for the weekend. And, uh, she wanted Carson to stay. Carson was ready to just like, yeah, I'll just move wherever with you. Yeah. <laughs> and Katie was like, no, 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 stay in Hartley because like I still want a connection to Hartley and I, I still want to go back and like go back to you being in Hartley. And so they're like, oh, the weeks are lonely, but this is what works for us kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. That's great. It was cute. Whatever, whatever. It was just a very, very slow book. It was very slow. I'd say like, um, and you know i i'm all for like people who fall in love right away but in this one like the breakups like just how sad they were how devastated to be parting from each other there's part of me that was like you you guys have known each other a week (laughs) like like um i'm like i just wasn't quite there for how dramatic and sad they were at parting like i loved all the rest of it i really liked how um i loved the adorable scene where she climbs in through the window and they have sex with each other that was cute i thought that was super great i love that because um uh, because carson is staying uh in this woman's house mm-hmm. and it's airbnb style she's just uh, in a guest room in this lady's house and she doesn't want the town to know that they're having sex with each other so Katie climbs in through the window they have sex all night and then uh, and then Carson gets up she's like I'll try to find up some coffee wink wink she gets up she goes out like the, the proprietor is like well here's your cup of coffee for you I know you're in a rush and she's like I just still have to get dressed so I'm going to take this in and she turns around to take it in and the woman goes did you want a second one for Katie? <laughs> I screamed. I know. She's just like dead inside. And then like there's a really lovely like, like Katie's like, wow, you are outsized upset at this. Like you're starting to make me feel like you're ashamed of me, of me, not that you want to keep this a secret. And I thought that's a good call out. Mm-hmm. And I really like that mm-hmm. part as well. Mm-hmm. Like that part specifically, one was adorable. I also thought it was well written. I also thought it was sexy. Like I thought that was a great scene in total. Yeah. I forgot to talk about one of my favorite scenes that I have ever read for this podcast oh. that happened in this book. And then I and then I feel we can move on. So there's a point kind of early on where it's obvious to both Katie and Carson that they're into each other and Carson's like listen I'm here for work there's a no fraternization policy that's what that's where we are and Katie's like okay that's fair so Carson goes to the diner and then Katie sits in the booth next to her so they're back to back and they like are having a conversation without looking at each other and Katie's like this isn't fraternization right and Carson's like no, I guess not. It is ridiculous, though. And Katie's like, well, as long as it's not fraternization. And then the the owner of the diner comes over and is like, 
uh, ladies, can I take your order? And then they like order the same thing. Yeah, and there's the whole time time. they're not looking at each other. And I was like, I fucking love this so much. And then at the reconciliation, they start back to back. And then Katie moves into the booth with Carson. And that's the like, I, I choose. I like, I want to be with you. And I was like, oh my God, I loved it. I loved it so much. I know. Like, okay, <sighs> so where the nerdy stuff comes in, like that moment specifically felt like the author was directly saying we finish each other's sandwiches <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and I, I love that was, it i thought that was dumb cute it'd be I so also, cute in a movie yeah i also thought that maybe quite possibly without even pointing it out like i don't know maybe sienna waters has watched some doctor who because every single time we dr donna like <laughs> Like just, oh yeah 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 all i thought of was doctor who that's just for the doctor who fans out there i'm not gonna explain it for the so, Whovians. actually it would take too long to explain like, i couldn't explain yeah it that all. would that would take we the need, rest of our podcast we would need three more podcasts for me to just explain that reference i know oh my god i love dr donna <laughs> both in the book and in doctor who so you know so i thought like there was just little things like that um yeah i mean yeah, they get together. I'm excited they get together. Yeah. It was cute. It was cute. And that was Count on You, A Lesbian Romance by Sienna Waters. Sex by the Numbers, parentheses, Blush by Marie Donovan. Accountant Keely Davis has been hired to find out who's been bilking money from the well-respected Bingham Bros investment firm. To do so, Keely will have to don a disguise and work closely with tastier-than-homemade cherry pie controller Dan Weiss. Oh, no. As Keely tramps herself up as Dane's personal assistant, Cherry Smith, her calculations start paying off big dividends, like when she serves up a hot plate of Dane a la mo- Sorry, of Dane space question mark a space mode is what it says. Okay, sorry. Serve up a hot plate of Dane on mode, which is not how this whatever. Uh, but as things start to really sizzle, Keely wonders whether she can keep her eyes on the bottom line. When all sorry, there are also weird squares in here. Keep her eyes on the bottom line square when all she can think of is keeping Dane in her bed. I feel like I should redo that, but I'm not gonna. Claire, that's what that book says it's about. What's it about? Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so. Can I just is- say, sorry, really fast. I read the first 25% of this book in one sitting, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. The premise, the characters, I love all of it. I. And then. And then I picked it up again, and then it all went downhill very quickly for the rest of the book. I know. It started out as this very cool book, and then it just became a Harlequin romance novel. Which it is. Which which it it is, is, to be fair. Um, And this book came out in 2008, so it is... There's a Blackberry reference. I was like, what year is this? I know. At one point, like, the the hero is... He says, like, oh, Love Shack. That song came out when I was in high school. And I thought... Do we have an older love interest? I was like, no, the book came out before. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I looked up when that song came out. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was older than it was, but here we are. Anyway. 
they might have been playing it for longer before it because uh, that they were definitely a band that was just a club band for a really long time. Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. B fifty two. Um. Okay. Claire. This book Claire. starts out with one of the best characters to ever grace our books. Sugar. Sugar. Ah! <laughs> I love her so much. I fucking love Sugar. Sugar is not the main character of this book. Sadly. But Sugar is sitting with her accountant trying to talk about whether or not she can uh, get her uh, breast implants uh, tax deducted because uh, she is a stripper. <laughs> And the accountant is like, look, I want to do that for you. But if we do that, they might really want to audit you and take a look at everything else, including your cash tips. Are you recording all your cash tips? And Sugar's like, whatever, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that it is uh, stressed by a multi-billionaire throughout the book. Sugar is so good with numbers and money. She's yes! like an accounting whiz. But she's like, no, I'm a stripper. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I appreciate that the, the book is very neutral about strippers. Um, The book is neutral about strippers. Yes. Uh, our male love interests... Because um, I say that only because there's just many other books with several of these other men in it are yeah. not, and that's right. Upsetting. I just I just appreciate it because we find out a little bit later, and it's hinted at at the beginning. And I was like, oh, Keely, the accountant, is like totally fine working with strippers. It turns out that she used to be a stripper, right? And I appreciated that at no point was it like. I'm ashamed about it. I had no other option. Anything like that. She was like. Yeah, I needed to pay for school. School's expensive, so I stripped. And the and narrative's I, like, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing that people do. Yeah, Moving on. So I appreciated like, that. Also, I'm super good at it. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> at both stripping and accounting. Yes. Forensic accounting. Yes. So uh, Sugar is in to get her taxes done, but she's also in because the guy who comes into the club all the time and you know pays sugar to be an escort and in this case i do mean strictly an escort like sugar does not have sex with this super rich man whose name is binky buckingham (laughs) he's um charles Binky bingham sorry binky bingham he's charles something bingham like the fourth no 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 that's a different guy no, he's the fourth. No, I'm talking about a different man. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about a different character. Which one? <laughs> I'm talking about Binky. Yeah, he's- yeah, he's Charles something Bingham the fourth, because his son was the fifth, and his grandson, the asshole, is the sixth. That's his nephew. Because grandson. The, no, the uh, the Binghams, because uh, uh, the Binghams are brothers, and... Um, uh, and so, because no, he says, like, we called his dad Quint because he was the fifth, and he oh, like no, made all right. those bad choices. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, sorry, everybody, we had a big old confrontation here over nothing. <laughs> it does look, it's fine. You were anyway. Fine. He's very rich and he's very old, and his name is Binky. His name is Binky. His real name, I guess, is Charles. Blah 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 of na- of numbers, but. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lord Charles. Blah 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 of numbers. <laughs> um, 
but I do like that he's called Banky throughout the book. Yes. Uh, Sugar comes in and in, in, in also in part because Binky is looking for a, uh, a, a forensic accountant who can help him look through the accounts of his investment firm, which is a real big and important investment firm. And somebody is like skimming out of trust funds. Yeah. And they're in Chicago, right? Yeah, they're in Chicago. Yeah, it's like the one of the biggest investment firms in Chicago. Yeah. That's been around multi-generations, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so it's a big deal. And he wants and to I keep appreciated, it a secret. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that he's like, you know, like, we're good at what we do, but also like half of our security as a company is people's perception of us. Mm-hmm. So if people find out that somebody's been skinning, skimming off of the top, that will like not only is that bad obviously but then it looks like we aren't managing their finances well so it could ruin the business so we need to keep all of this under wraps exactly exactly um so he's he says and if she agrees to it then she'll be contacted by somebody else from the firm who will reach out and i think this that all makes sense mm-hmm. the other one who reaches out is a young, is a young man named dane Dane has worked with Binky for a long time, beginning as a driver, just taking Binky to all the strip clubs in the major uh, metropolitan area. (laughs) Um, And later being a trusted associate. And now is going to be like, what what was that, comptroller in training or something? Yeah, controller. Yeah, controller. Controller in training. So he's going to take over eventually if he's able to find out who's doing this to the trust funds um the position of controller for this huge investment firm which is like a major coup <laughs> so this is all a big deal um he and sh- uh he and keely meet for coffee and right away uh th- one of the best flirtation scenes oh my god ever <laughs> they're so sassy to each other they're in so such a sassy. fun way um, because normally, like, our girls are, like, demure, and they're like, is this guy flirting with me? I mean, I've been a, I've been in the business for a while as far as, like, stripping goes, but is this guy flirting? Uh-uh, not Keely. Not only does <laughs> Keely know it, she's like, I don't want to talk about this guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. And there's this whole thing where she's like, well, how will I know you? And he's like, oh, I'll be in a, you know, like a dark suit and a white shirt and a red tie. And in her head, she's like, yeah, like every other fucking finance bro in this goddamn town. She's like, <laughs> she's like, what? No rose in your lapel? And he's like, oh, I'll have it in my mouth, actually. And she's like, okay, okay. He's got jokes. And then he shows up and then just to double check, A, to be flirty and B, to double check it who she thinks it is she, she's like what no rose and he's like and they were meeting in a cafe he's like oh, oh sorry it's hard to drink coffee with a rose in your mouth and i was like yes, yes. more of this all yes. the time there's no more of that there there is no more of that but none like, of it and it's so good and they like instant chemistry with each other you want so these good. two people to fuck each other right away you're like yeah, yes let's get it on i want them to fuck there's a forensic accounting mystery there's binky there's the grandson like i'm so excited right well and then like i also enjoyed this part too because he says okay well I mean, it was it was a little hokey, but I was fine with it. He's like, well, you might need to be in disguise. Like if they because she's like, I, I know, like, 
some of the players involved here like they would recognize me and he's like well then just come in disguise like i can give you extra money for that and because she's a smart bitch she's like i'm just pulling from my closet i am not i'm just gonna take this money i am not going to buy new things with it she and still she, has her stripper clothes and she just pulls her stripper clothes from her closet including the with the wig because she went as she was cherry tart Sorry, everybody. Now you know so many things. But she was cherry tart. And so she has this big old red wig. And she's got, like, her stripper heels on. And she just walks in looking like a fucking stripper. And he looks at her. And he's like, oh, I thought Keely was going to be here. Who's this? He's like, oh, my God, it is Keely. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit. And she's like, what's up? But she even has like a different voice. Yeah, I was, and he's like, "God, this is you're too hot for me in this." And she's like, "Do you want to just fuck in the bathroom?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's a workplace." And she's like, uh, "I mean, part of the thing of me looking like a stripper is that nobody takes me seriously. I think it'd actually be better for us if they just think you're fucking me." <laughs> But I appreciate it too. She's like, so should we fuck it? He's like, no, it's a workplace. And she's like, okay, then give me access to the accounts. Let me do my job. Yeah. Um, And that was, that was all so much fun. And, uh, and I was looking for, and like from that moment on, like, and then the next thing that happens, which I still like, this is where I still like the book is they're actually working real hard and we, mm-hmm. we kind of speed through like during the day she's she's like looking through the accounts as much as possible and just making it look like she's doing busy work as a secretary and she's like canceling appointments and being like a, a wall for him so nobody fucks with him while he's also looking through these accounts and then they stay late and they work together on what they found and on the last night like Friday night um, or a Thursday, well, a Friday night, I think like they're just both exhausted and she's real tired and grumpy. And so they start to kind of have a flirty, the same flirty thing, except now she's grumpy. So she's, <laughs> she's not taking any of this and she's just like snapping at him and being like, on, you know, and pushing back. And I thought, this is great. And he's like, I think we need to not do this right now. I think we're both a little on edge. And she's like, oh, you're right. And I really like that was a good intro into this being a date. I was like, that mm-hmm. is a good way to like trans, you know, like change over from two people who are working hard and want to fuck each other to actually fucking each other. I thought that was cool. And that is also the exact moment this book takes a nosedive for me. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, because like the the romance, there was nothing inspiring or interesting or unusual. Like you said, it just turned into a Harlequin romance where they want to fuck all the time, which means automatically that they're in love. And then also the mystery wasn't good. <laughs> no, and in fact, like I was even a little pissed off. So, so okay, everybody, if if you're just like. If you're in for hot sex and you like the way Harlequin like writes hot sex, this might be a good book for you. Like, there's some fun stuff in it, except for the cherries, except for the cherries. Except the cherries. Also, there's this really. There's some. Okay, I don't. I don't mean to psychoanalyze. Okay. But there are a few things that come up in this book around sex that I'm kind of like, are we learning things about this writer? Um, like there's a point where she's about to go down on him and he's like, oh, you don't have to do that. As if it's this like great sacrifice that women make to blow men. And I'm like, 
oh no and then also there's this really weird dynamic inside each of their heads where it's like oh i liked having sex with them so that means that i've lost power in this situation so i need to regain control by doing sex to them that they like and i'm like i don't understand what's happening i don't understand where this comes from and am i learning about what the bedroom dynamic is for this writer right now yeah that was really or is it somebody who wanted like a couple shades of like bdsm who doesn't understand like the power actually understands the power dynamic kink maybe i don't know i don't know it was so weird to me one of the other things that was that i didn't like is because and i honestly i blame this I'm just going to do it. I don't know Marie Donovan. I don't know like if this is true or not. I'm just going to blame the Harlequin editors on this. Fair. That uh, even though like, even though Keeley was a sexually active person who was a stripper, mm-hmm. um, they underline very, very carefully that Keeley has never had, which and this is totally possible. It's totally possible, but Keeley has never had an orgasm by insertion sex. That's totally possible, but in, uh, but it made it sound like she's in fact never actually had an orgasm with a man before. That's what they made it sound like. That, um, which again possible, but also like that means like we're just what it felt like is the author really wanted Keeley to not be a virgin and uh, Harlequin really wanted her to be a virgin in some way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this was how they did it. So Keeley's never been in love before. She's never let herself be in love before. And I thought there was okay character reasons why, but I wasn't really super on board with it. See, here's the thing. There's a point where she's like, Oh, I've never let a guy at my apartment. And I, Part of me is like, I kind of get it. And I wish we had gone a little bit more into it, into it. And that it's like, oh, well, as a stripper, I either would like, I would never take a guy from the club home. But like when guys find out that I am a stripper, they get really weird. Or if they know that I'm a stripper before they meet me, they get super weird. And like, yeah, I'll fuck them or whatever. But like, I don't want them in my space. Yeah. Like but- I would have been fine with that, but that wasn't. But what we had to go through here was Keely's mother was uh, always bringing home men. And Mm -hmm. some of these men were uh, not good with Keely. In fact, they were what sounds like a little rapey, a little sexual Mm -hmm. assaulting, not directly pointed to. But that's sort of the indication that that's what happened. And we even get a moment from Dane where he's like, I wish I could go back in time and I could hurt those people for you. And I'm like, wow, we okay, Yep. This book was from 2008. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff around that I didn't really need. we spend a lot of now we're like now we're in the sex relationship part of the book and like there's nothing keeping these two apart like at this yeah, point absolutely nothing even their feelings they both automatically really like each other yeah and can i read something that i found super bizarre so yeah, on top ahead. of on top of the weird dynamic this was also obviously written in 2008 2008 and th- by that i mean ever in the history of western civilization that he feels feelings about her so that makes him less of a man so there's a point yeah. that's like oh well they should just call me dana and i should wear the wig because i'm attracted to this woman i didn't understand anyway so there's a point where 
Dane shook his own head in disgust, mooning over his girlfriend when he'd just seen her a couple hours ago. Girlfriend? He almost walked into a marble column in his living room. Why had that word popped into his head? What was Kaylee to him? And then, like, he prattles on for a little bit. Literally two paragraphs later, and this is inside his head when Kaylee is not in the room. Well, Dane dropped heavily onto the big leather couch. He had a girlfriend. <laughs> like, no, you have to you have to talk to a person about that. Yeah. No, in fact, he doesn't ask her anything. He doesn't ask her, nope. like, will you be my girlfriend or will we like be monogamous what do you even, want what are you looking for none of that even when he asked her to marry him he says well let's get married <laughs> god like there's no asking it's just like uh, at his brother's wet uh, no at yeah at his brother's no sister's wedding at his sister's wedding he just hands her the engagement ring <laughs> yeah he has to, oh. like you know, that's like that was the most unromantic way to like do I know, that right <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, it was, oh God, it was just bizarre. And it just, do do you know what I, now that you like reminded me that it's, this is a Harlequin book, I bet you this was a very different book when she submitted it to Harlequin and Harlequin's Uh like, oh, that first 25% is fine. But when they start fucking, it needs to be X, Y, Z because he felt like a different character before and after they started fucking. Because before he was like, ooh, she's sexy, tete a tete. Oh, I'm a little nervous around her because she's so fucking hot. And like, we, she challenges me. I love that. I appreciate that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I want to talk to her again. Call me Dana and put a wig on me. Bleah, I'm a woman because I have feelings. Just like, what are you? what are you doing? Also, there was this part too where he has to, he gets, uh, so Charlie, Binky's grandson, who's yes. one of the, the, um, suspects in in this uh skimming scam that was fun alliteration i did um he he and dane know each other previously and they fucking hate each other so at one point charlie's like oh we have this situation in london and he and also charlie suspects that dane and keely are fucking before they're actually fucking and he's like oh you've just hired this woman so that you can fuck her but she's a gold digger whatever whatever so at one point he's like oh dane you have to go to uh london to deal with this thing and dane is like dane is talking to keely and he's like oh shit i gotta you know do this but i don't want to because a i want to fuck you b we have to do this work and he's like no you should just go because it would look suspicious otherwise and he's like come with me and she's like i don't have a passport he's like really (laughs) fuck you asshole anyway (laughs) so then he goes and then there's a moment where he before he leaves he's like on my flight back i'm gonna when i land at o'hare it's o'hare in chicago right yeah. It's like when I landed O'Hare, I'm going to call you. And when I call you, go straight to my apartment, take off your clothes and wait for me in my bed naked. I was like, okay, that's sexy. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. So later, her sister shows up and um, her sister is not important as a character at all. Anyway, there's a point where they're talking. And Kaylee says, I didn't tell Lacey, the sister, about your inviting me to London. And he says, I'm glad you didn't. We should set a good example for her. I know. I was so upset by that. I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? I don't understand. It's this, like, yeah, this weird, like, weird morality, but then they can fuck whenever they want. But, like, he has to be in charge and that makes it okay. And it's like, the, the, the like, mental gymnastics that have to happen to make 
to make it okay for a woman to enjoy sex in this like puritanical patriarchal system that Harlequin also society has set up is bonkers to me. It's absolutely bonkers. It's like, Oh, we can't tell someone that we wanted to spend time with each other because that sets a bad example. And then also because I enjoyed sex. That means I've lost control. I've lost power in this situation. And then as a man, because I want to see a woman again, because I'm feeling feelings about a woman, that means I'm feminized. Like it is all so stupid and so boring. And honestly, honestly, I do not understand how the human race has perpetuated itself with all these hoops that the straights have to go through just to fuck. I do not understand. Uh, yeah, no. See, the thing is, uh, the straights do not have to go through these hoops to fuck. This is what Harlequin wants to sell us that the straights have to it. do to fuck. And it makes hate it. absolutely no sense to me. It's I'd, it's not even fun to read those parts. Like, what no. about that is fun? No. There's <gasps> also, I feel like there's a big missed opportunity about, like, because at the office she was Cherry Smith. And I, I I feel like it was a missed opportunity of, like, oh, is Dane into Cherry or is Dane into Keely? Uh-huh. And, and, like, of course, like, straight romance wants us to be like, oh, no, it was Keely the whole time. Whereas I think the 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 better answer is he likes both cherry and keely for different reasons because they are the same person well Um, there was even there was even a really strange moment where um because they're kind of making out in the office and he's and she does the the cherry voice and he says no don't do the cherry voice i like keely i've always liked keely best and keely likes that like there's because like i think she has a hard time with self who is self like mm-hmm. and like cherry mm-hmm. is this other outside part of me that i put on and is not self at all but then she loves cherry she likes being cherry mm-hmm. so that's also not true and yeah. and then she even says like well actually like in her mind she's like actually i would have kind of liked to be cherry for just him and then and there's a moment early on because he's uh, when we first meet, uh, when we first meet him, he's in a strip club with Binky, and he mm-hmm. does not like being there. He's utterly mm-hmm. uncomfortable. He's like he's getting turned on, and it's not making him comfortable to be turned on in this place, which I think is fine. I am I have no hard feelings about that. Like it is okay to feel uncomfortable to being turned on in public. <laughs> like that's yeah. This, yep. And and he's and he's uncomfortable even though he's been at strip clubs a lot because he's been with Binky a lot and mm-hmm. like been his like right hand man. I thought that all made sense to me. Yeah. So it also makes sense to me like what our where I thought we were going was that he was gonna say, because I'm uncomfortable around strippers, I'm uncomfortable around that, and then she would be like, No, let me show you what's great about it. <laughs> yeah. And well, then see, be like, here's the you thing. can be comfortable being attracted to me it's okay yeah well here's the thing him being uncomfortable in the strip clubs was in the first 25 percent, and then yep. after that he was immediately attracted to her being a stripper because that's what men do they're attracted to strippers and even mentioned like at one point like when there was a little he put like when keely thought he was pushing back a little bit and ashamed that she was a stripper and she was standing up for her stripper self she was like and you know you've been in strip clubs probably more than i have and you've put in more than a couple of dollars into into some g-strings and and he had but but with binky and that's what i knew and he goes yeah she's right 
And I was like, what? What? No, that yeah. is completely yeah, I was ex- wrong from I was who expecting, you are. I was expecting him to be like, well, that was like sort of the expectation from my job. And like, it wasn't a perfect job, but I needed the money. And for her to be like, hey, seeing any parallels between yeah. that? But no, he's a man. But no, he this to, is Harley Quinn. We can't it's, have. It's the second half of the book. He's a man. He has to like. Yeah, we can't books. have nuance or anything that is interesting. Whatever, it's fine. Um, can we talk about the mystery? Uh, yes, let's talk about the mystery. I say that in quotes. Uh, because the mystery is that there's an evil woman whose heart was broken at some oh point, God. and uh, nobody suspects that it is she who is taking the money, because who would suspect a lady? We don't meet her. Her name is um, Mrs. Hobson. She's Charlie's uh, assistant, so Binky's grandson's assistant at the company. We don't meet her until 80% into the book. And then the reason why Keely starts to suspect her is that while um, Dane is out of the office for something, Mrs. Hobson calls Keely Cherry into her office and is basically trying to be like, listen, you're not you are not dressing appropriately for an office, which is true and was by design. And then for Mrs. Hobson to be like, she was like, oh, well, I know you're trying to, like, go after these men. They don't care about you. Blah, blah, blah. Revealing previous hearts. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But then Keely comes out of that meeting, meets up with Dane and Binky, and is like, we need to look into Mrs. Hobson. And I was like, why? Because she was mean to you? And yes. then that turns out to be true. And I was so fucking frustrated. Also, okay. I have taken a crime fiction class as part of my English degree, so we'll say I'm a connoisseur. When you when you have the type of mystery, like this is in a lot of ways like a cottage mystery, like a locked room mystery, because it's we know it's someone at this company. Yeah. So in a good mystery, we would meet five or six people right at the beginning who are all potential suspects uh-huh. and over the course of the mystery we would eliminate that person oh we eliminate that person oh no actually no they're back because of this and blah 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 red herrings winnow things away until we're down to like two or three suspects which one is it which one is it something happens there's like a catastrophe so we got a blah 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 and then it's someone that we have known the whole time and when we figure it out or like when it's revealed to us we can think back on all the clues that had happened and they can even do their Poirot monologue where they like talk through all the clues that we, we as the readers overlooked and like part of a part of the fun of a mystery like this. And this is, this is a problem that I had with um, glass onion and, uh, and to an extent knives out is like part of the fun is trusting that you are given all of the evidence it's just hidden and if you are clever enough and unearth and pay attention to the right stuff then you can figure out the mystery along with the main character right but if if we don't meet the suspect until 80 percent into the book and in fact everything that they find out about i don't know was it like don and bill were suspects for a hot second and then lacy showed up and blah 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 and then yeah. off off page we found out that don and bill aren't guilty because of whatever 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 like that's not fun that's not good mystery writing it just it was 
bad. And then there was a point where like they were hanging out with Lacey and I highlighted a sentence. I was like, where the fuck is the mystery? Aren't we trying to solve something here? It wasn't good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. Who was and then even it. the confrontation was unsatisfying when they're like, oh, I bet it's you, Mrs. Hobson. And the whole like, you can't pin anything on me. I'm too smart for you. And like, oh, well, because of this and this. And it wasn't because of something that Keely knew. It was like she was t- taking a gamble on something. And it's just like it was unsatisfying. All of it. Yeah. No, I. I, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it particularly. I, it, it, the mystery didn't make sense. Like. You know, and if and if the mystery was going to be so unimportant, I would have liked it to have been more unimportant. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I would have been like, oh, you know, forensic accounting, blah blah blah, and then just have it be like Binky had set something up on his automatic like accounts to like automatically withdraw. Yeah, <laughs> and like or he was e- like, oh, I forgot about that part. Or even like we go into it with Binky assuming that it's Charlie. So the whole book is like following Charlie and trying to unearth shit about Charlie. And then we find out, Oh no, 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 it's not Charlie. It's his assistant. What a fun twist kind of thing. But it it wasn't that we talked to that, that like the assistant is keeping us away from things the whole time. And at first we think, Oh, it's just because she's protective of Charlie. Not that she's protective of her own shit. Yeah. And then also the two, the one or two other guys that we met that were suspects for a hot second have very, very sad lives. That was not fun to read. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a guy who was like, "Oh yeah, I have a kid in med school, a kid in law school. I'm like going through a divorce. I have no money right now." And they're like, "Oh, that's a And you know, I was like, "Ooh, maybe it's this guy, but he's not important ever to the book." So yeah. like, what does it matter? And the other guy was like, "No, I just got back from Venice. It was our second honeymoon. You should go to Venice. It's so pretty." And she's like, "Well, this guy didn't do it. He's obviously too earnest." <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, "Okay." Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, it was fine. And then, you know, they end up together. And as I said, like, he right away proposes to her, but he doesn't really propose. He's just like, we're going to get married. And she's like, cool. And then at his sister's wedding, he shows her the engagement ring he bought her and gives it to her. Like, there's no, like, down on the knee. There's no grand gesture. He's like, let's get married before the end of the year. And she's like, cool. Uh, why any of it? Yeah, that's I'm going to listen uh, as we've been talking. I have I have firmly decided that it is true that Marie Donovan had a better book and Harlequin ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that, too. Good on you, Marie Donovan. I want to read that book. I want to read. Yeah. Can you like write us the book book? Yeah. Send us the send us the PDF. Yeah. It'd be great. Uh, hey, Neil. Is that is that was that that book? That was that book. That was Sex by the Numbers by Marie Donovan. Ruined by Harley Quinn Romance. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready? Are you ready? I'm ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. 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 Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. Are you ready? Mules. Are you ready? Let's play. (gasps) Fuck Mary Kill. Let's play some Fuck Mary Kill. That was fun. Uh, Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? You go first. Okay. Um, 
Are you feeling like choosing between shit people or choosing between amazing people? Oh man, we're already starting with a fuck Mary Kill, it feels like. Um let's choose between amazing people. Okay. Claire. Mm-hmm. Fuck Mary Kill. Sugar. Uh-huh. Nichelle. Uh-huh. Or Donna. Ooh. Oh God. Well, I am gonna marry Sugar. That's fair. Like, Sugar is on top of the money financially. <laughs> she knows everything that's going on. She has career aspirations. And mm-hmm. I I have this sad internal feeling that Sugar and Charlie are going to are part of the next book, whatever the next book is. Charlie? The grandson. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. But And I only say that because... There's a moment where Sugar is like, "Ugh, Charlie is the worst. He's so stuck up. He's like, he's, you know, he's, you can't get him loose about anything. He's like mm-hmm. very like stayed. And then we have a POV from Charlie. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. just- you know what, though? And I just come to realize, I think this solidifies our theory. I looked at a couple other books in the series, and I think it's one of those situations where each book is by a different writer. Uh huh. And it's not like they exist in the same world, but there's some sort of like thematic through line through the series. Uh huh. So it's like, oh, if you're into this type of romance, this is the series. And it's like yeah. each one is completely different, which then leads me to believe even more firmly that the editors she you know what you know what probably happened marie donovan submitted her book and uh harley quinn was like well we're gonna have to change a whole bunch of this oh hey marie donovan if you let us rewrite 75 percent of your book it'll be part of the series are you okay with that and marie donovan's like i mean yeah i want to get it published so i assume that's what happened yeah 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 Anyway, so you're going to marry Sugar. So I'm going to marry Sugar because she seems super great, super smart, and probably good in the sack. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a good lifelong decision. Yeah. Um, and, ooh, well, I'm going to have sex with Donna. Okay. I, I, just, I just got to know her better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like... Uh, she's fun and funky, and God damn it, I also like pop tarts. Um, <laughs> his favorite food is pop tarts. Donna will always be up for a pop tart. <laughs> Very true. I think it's, true. it's the only food she eats. I think she also maybe doesn't like the diner food. <laughs> she's just like, I'm just gonna eat pop tarts my entire life. Katie orders in a crate of pop tarts for Donna, and then she's like, Oh shit, I have to hide this somewhere. She's gonna eat all these in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I oh god, like I haven't had it. a pop tart in years. Oh god, this made me hungry for pop tarts. That yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Maybe I'll go get some pop tarts after this. They are, they're just big old cookies, man. They're yeah. just big old fucking cookies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah. And so, I mean, I guess that means um, I have to kill. Oh, say the name again. Nichelle. Nichelle. It's Nichelle. like Michelle, but with an N. I know. It means I have to kill Nichelle, that's which sad. is not my favorite because Mm-mm. she's great and I like her yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I think I'm, mm, I'm going to fuck sugar. I get the sense that she doesn't want to be tied down. So I'm not going to marry her, but I'm going to fuck her. And 
I'm gonna marry Nichelle. I liked Donna a little a little bit better, but I don't I don't want to live in Hartley. I want to live in this I want to live in big city comma state with Nichelle. <laughs> so I'll marry Nichelle and then I'll kill Donna, which I feel bad about. I feel very, very bad about. And I guess, and this is in very poor taste, but I guess I would hit her with a truck. <laughs> Uh, your turn, Claire. All right. Well, fuck, Mary, kill our accountants, uh, Keely, Dane, and Carson. Okay. I'm going to marry Carson. All right. She, um, again, it was a very slow book. I liked them as characters. I just needed more things to happen. Um, but like she sounded hot, she's rich. Um, but she also is like, she's at a point in her life where she's like, I just, I really need to figure out what's important to me. Like the things that society told me are important, aren't the things that are important. And I need to figure that out. And like that quality is incredibly attractive to me. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to marry Carson and maybe we'll just like live, not live in the truck, but we'll just like travel the, the country, whatever country it may happen to be. We don't know. Um, and just sort of like discovering ourselves and the world and whatever, whatever. Um, and then I think I'm going to fuck Keely. And listen, if she wants to be entirely control of that situation, I'll let her. Yeah. I don't I'm not hung up on this power dynamic like they are so I'm just like oh you need to be in control just like you need to assert control over me by blowing me go for it girl like, <laughs> go ahead um and, and you, then I, and unlike uh and unlike uh and unlike Dane you'll also fuck her in drag if that's what she wants yeah <laughs> oh my god I listen yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kill Dane, which I'm a little sad about because I like Marie Donovan's concept of Dane was like he was on track to be one of the best guys we've ever read. Yeah, he was. I was so excited. And then just, ugh, I mean, he sounded like he was good at the sex. He is also, I don't know how long he's been off the farm because he comes from a farm. In like Madison or, or outside of Madison or whatever, or like Minnesota, I don't know, up there. Um, and he, but then he's also a successful like financial consultant, but he still has a farmer's tan. I'm like, did he just get off the farm yesterday? Book, you don't know what time is. And then he's also like, I can do anything. I can just go to Europe and work there. I'm like, they have different laws there. Do you know what those laws are? Also, they have financial consultants in Europe. I anyway, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> he's a straight white guy, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna kill him. It's fine. Whatever. Moving on. You, you. What are you gonna do, Claire? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Ooh. It is hard. Um. I actually think I'm gonna marry Keely. Okay. Uh, like I. I think Keely she's, Cherry. Yeah. Again, I think she's super smart. I think she's she's really ambitious. I think she's got a lot going for her. I enjoyed her very much. Um. I am going to fuck Carson. I think. Carson's got a lot of growing to do and I'm glad she knows that about mm -hmm. herself that makes me really happy for her but um, 
I don't know. I kind of maybe think she needs to do that growth on her own. Like when she goes like when she says like, oh, I'll just take the truck and go somewhere else. The part was like, yeah, maybe you need a little bit of time. Like, oh, yeah, obviously. But that doesn't mean I'm not attracted to that quality. In person. <laughs> Bitch, I still live in San Francisco. I'm still just like, what do I want in life? I'm almost 40. I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah, so I, I, you know, she's just, I think, not in a place for me right now. And I, I think that does mean I'm going to kill Dane. Um, look, I think he'd be fun to fuck as long as he stays away from the refrigerator. But um, I don't want to take the risk. <laughs> I did also appreciate that Harlequin was very much like, you know, no, they're going to have sex, but he's got a condom. It's going to be fine. But then it was like, he just pulled that condom out of his pocket, though. Yep. How long has that been in his pocket? <laughs> Since he was back on the farm shoveling cow shit. I mean, he's been at work all day. <laughs> yep. Oh, fresh Blech. condom, my friend. Fresh condom. Also, do you know what I found super bizarre? While they were fucking, their dirty talk was always about, like, fucking that they would do in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take you to my bed, and I'm gonna do this and this and this. I'm like, y'all are already fucking. What are you doing? Why not just talk about what's happening right now? Yeah, exactly. Um, which I thought did work because there was a, he, you know, he was doing some fun nipple play stuff, and they were in a dark elevator, and they couldn't really see each other. Mm -hmm. He's like, tell me what your nipples look like, and I was like, that's that's hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. And like, and he's like, because I don't want to. And she's like, why? He's like, because I don't want to suck on them until I know what they, until you tell me what color they are. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. <laughs> also, she like tongued his dimples at one point, and I found that very bizarre. That's fine. She's like, I've wanted to stick my tongue in them since I met you. She's like, what was, are you doing? I was fine with that, but I wish it happened in a different part of the bedroom and not her opening act. <laughs> that's, that's, fa that's fair. That's fair. It was that's just fair. too that's goofy fair. for an opening moment in a book. Like, <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie. I want to stick my tongue on your temples. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> also, there's a point. I think it was in the elevator scene. Maybe it was later where he like takes as they're making out he takes her wig off and starts unpinning her hair i'm like that man has never touched a hairpin in his goddamn life do not tell me he knows where they all are to unpin her hair lies 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 of manelli i know i was like no there's too many <laughs> no nope. and nope. honestly if she had to wear it all day oh i don't know like i know she was okay so she was a stripper wearing that wig no, it was a nice lace front and it was glued the fuck down. Yeah. Like, like yep. that shit was not moving. And she probably wore like a, a cap under. And here's another thing. Yes, she was definitely wearing a cap under. And here's another thing. Like, he sees her like out of the office, like with no makeup on. And he's like, man, her skin is great. And I thought after wearing all the makeup she's had to wear all week after not having to wear it most of the time. Uh-uh. Her skin nope. does not look nice. <laughs> no. I don't care how nice your skin is in general. It does not look nice that, that day. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> out of all the characters, Claire. Who would you fuck? Who would you marry? And who would you kill? Okay, well, I'm gonna marry Sugar. Sunday chaos. Okay. Marrying Sugar, I like her so much. I thought she was just fucking great. Um, yeah, me and Sugar for life, baby. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, I think I'm gonna fuck Katie. 
Okay. I liked her. I thought she was okay. fun. She was on top of it. She does know who she is. She's she's got a little bit of like a I'm a little bit lost, but not you know mm-hmm. I don't know who. When you're just fucking her, it's fine. Yeah. But also I, we find out she comes at the drop of a hat. At the drop of a hat. <laughs> just, she's, just, she's ready to go, but she will also show up to your place without a bra on. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, no, I, I, I just knew this was gonna be fast. I didn't know why bra, and I'm like, you are correct. <laughs> good, um, good job, girl. And uh, to that end, I think I'm gonna kill. Ooh, um, I'm gonna kill Charles, Charlie, the the, okay. the grandson. I did okay. not. I. Like I could already tell, he was gonna be a character that if we read him in his own book, we would kill him. That's. <laughs> fair <laughs> uh, oh. good good and good you? um i'm gonna fuck sugar because again i feel like she doesn't want to be tied down yeah that's fair um she definitely she definitely would not want to open a joint bank joint bank account i can tell you that much right now absolutely not um so yeah i'm gonna fuck her um okay i just remembered a thing i'll bring it up later um I'm gonna again. I'm gonna marry Nichelle. Like she was cool, but she was also ambitious, and like she she was sort of like, yeah, I'm competitive, but I want to compete against the best. So yeah. I'm not gonna throw Carson under the bus because that doesn't that's not a that's not a win. That's a win with an asterisk kind of thing. Um, but then also she was supportive and she's like, yeah, Carson, I really like look up to you and blah blah blah. And like she helped her sell her apartment and like hung around her apartment for the goodwill truck to come and pick up all of her stuff that's a friend that is a friend and she still lives in big city comma state which is a thing i like to do so i will marry her and then i'm going to kill mrs hobson yeah because she did crimes but was bad at them crimes but was bad see charlie was awful but i found it interesting the baggage that he had with binky and uh quint so charlie's dad and like he felt that binky's the reason why charlie's dad died like he od'd or was in an accident or something yeah and so that it was just it was interesting it wasn't i'm not saying like oh that means you know he was a redeemable person because he was still an asshole but at least he was interesting unlike mrs hobson who was just like he said he loved me but he didn't love me you know like whatever we've seen that before yeah um and of the the books the books claire um okay count on you i'm gonna fuck it I don't want to tell mm-hmm. you why, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this was draft two, and I uh-huh. think it was a better draft. <laughs> <laughs> of that other book that we read, what, like three episodes ago? Yeah. It's also possible, and I, because I haven't looked at, I don't look at information, obviously. I don't continue to, to with, with retain information. Like, I don't know which book was written first. I mean it says like this was the author of teen tourniquets like at the bottom of the amazon thing but like that could mean that like um that that's just what the amazon thing says uh but this feels like a second and it feels better and so and also because i feel really bad about picking sienna waters twice in a fucking (laughs) row so i'm i'm gonna fuck it i'm gonna fuck it and honestly of the two books i would recommend this one over teen tourniquets 
I'm looking it up right now. But I am going to kill Sex by the Numbers. The first half was great. Or the first 25% was great. Um, and the rest of it I did not care for at all. Yeah. And that yeah, is yeah, a yeah. killable offense. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Hold on. I'm So t- Tea Leaves and Tourniquets was 2021. And well, then this one says it was 2022. Count on you was 2022, May 5th, 2022, and tea leaves and tourniquets, uh, September 23rd, 2021. So just like, <laughs> she wrote them at the like same six time. months earlier. <laughs> God, okay, uh, yeah, I feel well, like yeah, it's real easy to write the same book again in six months, just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels like a second draft, yeah. Um, I'm also gonna fuck count on you. Um, it was kind of slow. I needed more from that little town, but honestly, and I can't believe I forgot about this until we were like towards the end. But that scene of them back to back in the diner, I fucking loved it. Yeah. I fucking loved it so much. Yeah. Um. So and then the the plane crash was good, and like you said, like building in like that the kid was that like ugh, it was it was. Good. And Which is how you characters. build in a mystery, FYI. The exact same way. You meet the character, <laughs> you, you see it in where it's going on with them, and then you have a, the big thing with them. Right. Okay. Um, so then I'm going to f- kill uh, Sex by the Numbers for many reasons. The romance was not interesting. The mystery was bad. Um, and there were certain things that drove me crazy, like dumb things that drove me crazy. Like there's a night where... Keely and Sugar are having a girls' night. Keely made herself a cranberry martini. Great. She made Sugar a blended margarita. She made a blended margarita for one person. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not how you do that. You have a whole blender full of blended margarita. That it's that ice is going to melt. It's just yeah. going to be a watered down margarita pretty soon. You just did it for one person. What? You never make a blended drink for just one person. I know. Um, unless you were having a big old night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless that picture is just for you. Um, and then there was also something like some of the pacing was very bizarre to me in sort of like the section breaks and like where a section would end and the next one would start. And I'm just like, you could have just had a sentence that lead it into that lead it, that led into this next section. And I think what it was, it was written to be easily parsed into a screenplay. Uh... It was written so that each of those sections could be a scene because there's a change in location so like that trans as opposed to like well it's not a a narrative or emotional break so you just string these two sections together but that's not what happened they were every time like almost every time there was a location change or like uh, a reveal and then the camera happened you know like it to me it was written like it was intended to be easily translated into a screenplay and that is not a thing I enjoy. Yeah. No, it did feel like that now that you're saying it. I do yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, the sister was entirely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and Dane started out so nice and fun. And then he wasn't. Um, yeah. No, the sister genuinely feels like the editor asked, but why was Keely a stripper? As if like, you have like like the editor wanted there like nobody would choose that job 
nobody right. would just decide to have that job or or to not alienate our readers it has to be for something something outside of herself a woman can't just choose to be a stripper because she needs money to go to school and that's like a legal and legitimate choice for a woman to make right it had to be like oh but she was putting her her you know mixed race half sister through college and that that justifies having to ugh, it was stupid yeah anyway i'm killing it yeah that's fine yeah all right does that mean that it's time for our favorite game? It is time for our favorite game. <gasps> Christine, yes! Okay, Claire. Yes. Um, I have... I have three options, and I'm going to ask you to choose between two of them. Okay. And why I'm asking you specifically will make sense when we find out what the theme is. But I'm not going to tell you the titles. I'm going to say Claire... Do you want one of these books to be a period piece or a modern piece? Okay. And that is the question. That is the Do question. Do I want a period book or a modern book? Okay. I'm going to I mean, say, obviously, Christine, you can weigh in if you'd like, but. I'm going to say period. Okay. I'm really glad that you made that choice. <laughs> okay. So the books we are reading are. <laughs> Goodness, what? Rescued by the Buccaneer, Pirates of the Jolie Rouge, Book One by Normandy Almon, and A Fashionable Indulgence, a Society of Gentlemen novel, Society of Gentlemen series, Book One by KJ Charles. KJ Charles? Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> we are after, after you flagellated yourself for picking an author again. Well, yeah, but I think it's different you did with it KJ purpose. Charles. <laughs> Um, it's not pirates. Do you need those titles again? It's not pirates. Okay. Do you want the titles again? Yes. Um, okay. Is it the the French? <laughs> is it the French? The French? Uh, <laughs> so the titles are Rescued by the Buccaneer, Pirates of the Jolie Rouge, Book One by Normandie Allemand. And I'm saying Allemand because that's how you say German and French. It could be Normandie Allemand. Um, or... Uh, or also, A Fashionable Indulgence, a Society of Gentlemen novel, Society of Gentlemen series, book one by K.J. Charles. I don't think you're going to get it, but I'm really excited to tell you what this theme is. Opium. The Revolutionary War. No, you, those are both really good ones, but those are not correct. Uh, I'm wondering what an indulgence could be. Um... <laughs> The theme is Leo the Tenth, the selling of indulgences. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know why that is stuck in my head from AP European History I, class in high school. Okay, that Pope I knew Leo what the indulgences tenth were, but sold. when you said Leo the Tenth, I was like, get this man to a trivia club. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing. The Catholic Church was like, we're building these cathedrals. Oh, that's expensive. So during the Middle Ages, Pope Leo X was like, do you know what you can do? If you pay us money, it'll get rid of your sins. We'll call them oh. indulgences. And so they could keep building cathedrals and stuff. Is anyway, that, that has book? nothing to do with anything. Ah. What? <laughs> Are you giving me a hint? <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Um, man, it's like, uh, 
pirates and indulgences, and that's just rum. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a good one. You always have such good guesses, Christine. That is not correct. Um. Yeah, I don't. Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Neil is bursting at the seams right now. I feel he like cannot contain us. himself. Christine, do you have any more guesses? Uh, cotton. I have no idea. Did you say cotton? Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> it is not cotton. Do you give up? I give up. Okay, because our next episode is our 100th episode. Yes. I wanted to pick a very special theme. Yes. And that theme is... What? Problematic favorites. (gasps) Yay! So the straight book is for Claire because there's a kidnapping and falling in love with your kidnapper. (gasps) Excellent, excellent. And for Neil, the gay one is a about it a man it's also period i think it's regency a man being brought into the aristocracy and learning how wonderful and fabulous that is oh my goodness i love it i love it i know i'm so excited i was thinking i was like what could the 100th episode theme be and i was like roman centurions and then when you gave gave us the titles i was like no that's not it and then i looked up what the 100 (laughs) anniversary is and it's diamonds and it's not that either so yeah oh that would have been a good one diamonds Diamonds. i i i it has kind of been in the back of my head i can't even tell you how long ago it was that like we had a kidnap plot and Claire's like, I know it's problematic. I love a kidnap plot. And she's, and I said, probably made a judgy sound. And Claire's like, I bet you have a problematic <laughs> favorite too. I said, yeah, I probably do. And so it's been ruminating in the back of my mind. And I feel like it's the perfect theme for our 100th episode. Nice. Yes, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yay. So, and I'm really glad you picked the period piece, Claire, because the other one was about a trucker. Um, but this one's about a buccaneer we love a buccaneer love a buccaneer we love a buccaneer yeah a a kidnapper who is a pirate versus a kidnapper who's a trucker that's yeah it's definitely the pirate the trucker sounds very like it's a true crime podcast which is not us (laughs) (laughs) well what what is a trucker but a present day merchant ship on land that's true that is true very true on the high seas of the highways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Claire. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. Especially you, Sierra Waters. Thank you, Sierra Waters. <laughs> you are a special star. Um, we are very sorry and also thankful. Like, you know... We we've gotten to reread and we'll get to reread authors a couple authors a couple of times and honestly like mm-hmm. you know what this was a genuinely kind of lovely surprise so yeah, um, yeah. we incur- like we want all of our authors to keep writing and to keep working and to you know and we we that's why we pay for these books yeah and like Sarah Waters I know you're listening by this point because we've said your name so many times and like you don't have to listen to my opinion at all but just like. The, the how much more I enjoyed Count on You and it only came out six months later 
just like that's that's astonishing growth in a writer so if nothing else sierra waters just like you're you're doing great kid just keep, yeah, just keep going just keep doing don't it need us <laughs> i know no you're fine <laughs> you're absolutely fine just keep doing what you're doing uh thank you listeners <laughs> thank you so much listeners speaking uh we, we could not do this without you we uh, could we, not we love that you listen otherwise it's just us talking into the void and as much as i do that on a daily basis i love that there are people on the other end of this yeah, Neil, yeah, yeah. what are ways that our wonderful listeners can support us well you can rate review subscribe all the good stuff tell your friends tell your lovers tell everyone about us word of mouth actually does really help like i've i've gotten feedback of like oh i've i've like told my friends they love it blah 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 so like that's all really helpful but because this is capitalism if you need to give us money because that's the only thing that matters you can go to patreon.com slash fmk lit pod join our patreon we have some extended episodes bonus episodes other little goodies over there um so go check it out uh again that's patreon.com slash fmk lit pod there's a link in the description but you'll need to put in the whole url because it's hard to find us on patreon because we say dirty words dirty like words. pussy cherry <laughs> um and i guess all that we have left to say is that if you can do so safely and consensually and um with with things that are intended to be put inside of a human body. You eat food. You don't fuck food. No. <laughs> Keep. Keep.